Well, it's uh, it's 2021, so things are better, huh? Automatically. Yeah. That's how it works, right? As far as I know, basically everything's back to how it was in the before times. <laughs> Welcome to episode 379 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode. Brian, happy new year. New episode, new year. New me. It's always weird doing the first episode of the year after we take some time off, brushing off those podcasting jitters. Uh It's like, oh, I I have to talk again. Oh, right, Um, right, right. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, let's get into it. We've got a good outline for today's episode, but... First, y'all, we didn't read out new very important pixels last week mm-hmm. or the week before, actually, for the Clip Stravaganza. So yeah. we have a little bit of a backlog. <laughs> so here we go. From the last three weeks, a huge shout out to our new supporters, our new very important pixels, aka the segment where Brian fucks up your, the pronunciation of your name. Uh-huh. I will do my best. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you to Adrian Korskadin, Martin Marichuk, Polina Sogolov. Teresa Kavinska, Eric Eng, Kuldar, Kelly Hagen, Jameson Bryant, Maxim Nismashny, Matt Kubota, Adam Haas, Zachary Schwartz, Yang Shuo, Gavin Nelson, Hood Nun, just Hood Nun, one word, that's a good name, Sean Smusky, Jai Mitchell, Alex Long, Alona Sanbira, Herculano Campos, Pip Wynn, Natalie Tongpreserth, Ray Canapini, Bila, Ben Ewing, and Damian Bilski. Boy, oh boy, Brian, what a list. Holy I hell. think, I'm going to say hit rate on pronunciation was around 20%. Oh, I would, I would go higher. I'd say like <laughs> okay. 60, 70, you know? <laughs> okay, you're, you're being... Too kind, too generous. You know, it's funny. We got a Gavin Nelson in there, and at first, I I read it as Gavin Newsom, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Holy shit! The governor of California listens to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd take Arnold Schwarzenegger over Gavin Newsom, but you know, agreed. Whatever. Agreed. That'd be cool. Well, thank you everybody for supporting the show, and uh, thanks for your patience as it took us a few weeks to to give you that shout out. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate it. Helping us ring in the new year with a long list of vips, Brian. That's awesome. If you didn't know, we're a listener supported podcast, which means that listeners like you actually make this show possible. Uh, over the last year and change, various listeners have gone to Patreon.com/slash/DesignDetails and chipped in a couple bucks a month. And that has added up to help pay for all of our software, all of our equipment, all of our subscriptions, and the time it takes to come together every week and record and edit and release an episode. So if this is your first time listening, or if you've been a long time listener and have been getting value out of design details, we'd really appreciate it if you considered supporting the show. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash design details. You can support us for just a dollar a month. When you do, you'll get access to a new supporter-only segment of the show called The Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. The Sidebar is basically like another half of the episode. So if you want a full episode, you're going to want to be subscribed. In this week's Sidebar, we talked about having a web presence, like whether you should have a website that showcases opinions and writing and thoughts versus just showcasing your work, like a portfolio. And, you know, we talk about being a thought leader or 
building uh, an online audience and sort of the trade-offs there. So if that sounds interesting, you can go to patreon.com slash design details and support us. And we appreciate it. So thank you everyone who's uh, supporting us this week and supporting the show for the last year. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Good stuff. Okay. Marshall, uh, I think it's only fitting. Last year we actually did a full episode about our 2020 goals, but I think we can maybe just do a, a short follow-up section on some 2021 <laughs> looking forward stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about my failures. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I picked two things that you failed at. Um, so I looked back at our show notes from our 2020 New Year's episode and you had two goals at the time. One, well, you had several, but two of them were to ship uh, a Swift UI application. And the second was to update your personal <laughs> website. Uh, I didn't either. Yeah. How, tell me uh, what happened. How'd those go? Um, well, I got a new job this year, or I, I took on a new role at my existing employer this year, and that's eaten into a lot of my free time. So yeah, yeah. a lot of this stuff also, so, so that's part of it. Excuses, excuses. But, um, yeah, for the personal website thing, like I just stopped giving a shit. Like, I don't feel like there's been any downsides to not having a website. Like I'm doing just fine. And, um, as far as uh, uh, shipping the Swift UI app, I didn't do that, but I have learned a lot of Swift. I've written a lot of mm-hmm. code and, and mm-hmm. really a lot of bad code, actually. <laughs> um, and I've taken this break this year to kind of redesign the, th- the thing that I was going to, to ship last year. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm spinning my wheels, but, you know, failure is part of life, Brian. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like... <laughs> It's just comical to look back at naive Marshall and Brian in January of 2020 and be like, huh, those idiots set goals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the goals I set would have been aided by quarantine, but that didn't I don't happen. Know. Quarantine and a global pandemic kind of throws a lot of things off, regardless of if you can stay at home longer. True, true. Well, what about you? How'd you fare? I was a mixed bag as well. I think I, I probably failed maybe half. The two that I wrote here to follow up on, which... <laughs> I was not being fair to you. Uh, I, I picked a couple of things that I, I felt like I did okay on. Um, one of mine was to write more, riffing on our sidebar topic here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I wrote a little bit more this year, and that was rewarding, like hearing back from people who who found value in that. And then the second thing, which I did not do great on, was at the time I wanted to make like a revenue-generating side project, really outside of like content, outside of design details, outside of writing, so something more like, software as a service or like a subscription kind of thing and i didn't do that and probably for the same reason you did i just got busy at work was scratching those itches in other ways figured out how to make money in other ways you know like just wasn't really this pressing thing on my mind but i suppose i might carry that forward into 2021 so yeah maybe we should switch do you have any uh 2021 goals resolutions anything like that yeah so uh, having learned from my failure of last year (laughs) of uh, (laughs) setting maybe the bar a little bit too high yeah this is more of a personal growth year i think for me and calling back to one of your previous cool things brian you'd recommended ted lasso to me a long long time ago and i had procrastinated i'm like i don't need to watch a show about a soccer coach you know like that doesn't Uh really appeal i like jason sudeikis but like whatever uh and so i never watched it but now i've got free time with the time off so it's like okay i'll finally get around to watching this show i love it so much i love it so much so my goal for this year is to be more like ted lasso whenever possible i tweeted this yesterday a couple days ago that yeah, this is I think an, a more achievable goal of just like 
you know, keep Ted, what would Ted Lasso do? (laughs) Like keep Ted Lasso in the back of my mind at all times to be like, how would Ted react in this situation as opposed to how Marshall would react in this Uh situation, uh uh which are usually high contrast, which is why I was like so struck by the show. It's like, oh, I would not have handled this situation that well. There's something wrong with me. I should probably do things better. So, yeah, that's my goal for 2021 is to be more like Ted Lasso whenever possible. Is there a specific thing that comes to mind for you? Maybe giving context for people who haven't seen the show. Like, what is this? Yeah. I mean, just like the very first thing of like he he's a fish out of water. It's a fish out of water story. It's an American football manager trying to coach European football soccer and the amount of hate and just sheer disbelief that people send his way of like, there's no way you can do this. What are you even doing here? You're a loser. Go home. I'm not sure I would have approached that with as much enthusiasm and positivity as he did and just like, you know, shrug off the haters. Um, that's like the first thing, but there's a ton of different circumstances of, of you know, negative situations that he finds himself in and the way he uses positivity and forgiveness and, you know, a good outlook to get through those things and let it roll off like water off a duck's back is something that I, I think would benefit me in my personal life. So yeah, mm. does that ring true with you? Yeah, I think it's a misleading show in the first episode or two where you're like, oh, he's naively optimistic. Or yeah, naively no, he's not. Positive. Yeah. But he's yeah, not yeah. naive. There's like a lot of background and, and structure to that attitude. And I like that. Danny Rojas. Now he's naively <laughs> positive, right? <laughs> Danny, but, Danny Rojas. Yeah. So what's your 21 goal? Yeah, I, it's funny. You and I are, are actually pretty similar. It's like less specific things now and more more like general systems or, or themes, principles maybe. So mine, I actually felt like 2020 was fine. I don't mind failing certain specific goals or not reaching some objective. But what I noticed is that just having been at home a lot more and basically spending almost every waking minute connected to some screen, you know, it was like, wake up, small screen, go to work, medium screen, evening, big screen, go to sleep, small screen. It's just like, holy uh-huh. shit, I'm on a screen a lot. I saw a Reddit post a while ago that made me laugh because it's so fucking true, which is uh, it's like a person saying, oh, thank God the day's over so I can stop looking at my medium screen and look at my small screen while yeah. I have the big screen on in the background. <laughs> like, exactly. Yep. Precisely. And I think that's fine. Like, I, I felt like we needed some escapism. Like, I watched a lot of shows, watched a lot of YouTube, like, more than I ever have before. So I, I think this year I want to, I don't mind doing all that stuff. I think it's actually quite good and healthy and learned a lot and, like, stay entertained. I think that's fine. I just want to change the ratio a tiny bit back towards, like, creating things. So a little bit less time sort of mindlessly scrolling and a little more time just, like, consciously writing or creating or tinkering. Like, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Uh there's nothing specific here. It would be hard to fail this, but just thematically, like catching myself when I'm I'm consuming maybe for too long, like, oh, I've I've just been on Twitter for two weeks. I haven't actually tweeted anything or I've been just watching YouTube. I actually haven't shared anything that I know, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes this year. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I, I think we've set the bar both higher and lower this year. Like, I think the challenge I've taken on is going to be a lot more difficult than the challenges I took on last year, but I have a better chance of achieving it, I think. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do a mid-year check-in yeah, and see how, see how your Ted Lasso objective is going. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, let's do. Uh, let's call it a couple tweets before we get into our main topic. All right. So one of the things I mentioned last episode or a couple episodes ago was uh, we talked about variants and uh, Keaton Taylor, longtime fan of the pod. He uh, asked if I had a visual of that variant matrix that I was talking about in that episode. Um, and I will be sure to throw something together. I'll send a link to Brian so we put it in the show notes. But yeah, check show notes for a variant example that will illustrate kind of what I was talking about with the way I approach variants in Figma. Sweet. Yeah. Give me an image or, or a link or something. I'll put yeah, it in I'll, I'll give you a Figma file. People can play around in it. Dope. Uh, second tweet this week, Gabriel Valdivia, longtime fan of the pod, oh, yeah. tweeted on December 28th a short thread where he took an afternoon to just play and, and redesign artwork for some of Gabe's favorite podcasts. And mm-hmm. Design Details was in there. And so hey. we have a conceptual artwork redesign for Design Details. And there's also some other good ones. There's the Slash Film Cast, the New York Times Daily Podcast, uh, Games UX, Responsive Web Design Podcast, and Layout. Uh, it's just cool to see Gabe just have fun and like I, I love seeing just people in this case i guess this would be an unsolicited redesign but it's not like an <laughs> app or a website it's just like here's my interpretation of how the show might manifest as as a single image your your podcast artwork so it's cool. yeah it's really interesting like thinking about albums like the album art for music is very influential on how i think about that album and i imagine podcasts are kind of the same thing like that the cover is kind of how you think about the podcast or like the, the vibe of it. So yeah, it's super important. And we haven't touched ours in a while. It's interesting. We, I, I tried to redesign ours a little while ago. I was never super happy with it. But the one that Gabe did is very similar to the stuff that I was trying to do. I think his is better than mine. But yeah. Yeah. This is where for me, it's hard because I just like get stuck between feeling nostalgic or emotional, perhaps about the current artwork we have versus understanding that change is good and it's fine to to iterate. So I don't know. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. we should put a poll to it. See if people think we should change our cover art. Uh, okay. Yeah. Check our Twitter, Design Details FM. Cool. All right, main topic time. Brian, we got a we got a question about launching personal projects. So this listener question comes from longtime fam of the pod, Michael Knepprath. He says, I have an app I want to launch. So far, I've tweeted about it and shared it with friends, but I think it's cool and potentially useful to lots of people. Do you have a checklist you run through when launching new products or features? Also, is Product Hunt as important as it used to be for this? Interesting. What do you think, Brian? Uh, okay, I'll try to jump in here. Although I got to say, there's a huge difference in launching like a personal project and launching a new product or feature. So I don't really know about the new product or feature. Like I could talk about what we've done in the past for work stuff. But I think maybe the personal project is perhaps what Michael is getting at more here. I I could be wrong. Hopefully not. So I can just speak to it from a personal project point of view and maybe caveat ahead of time that certainly I'm no expert. But I've done it a few times and I've learned things. So Mm -hmm. here's what I've learned. I think really like a personal project as you're going through a launch depends on what the goal is for the project. Like are you trying to make money? Are you just trying to reach the most people possible? Are you trying to create something that's sticky that people will come back to over and over and over again that they'll use many times? Are you trying to get signups? Do you care about Twitter followers? Like all of these things really change the framing. The goal changes the way that you're going to go about the launch. For me, I, I have never really launched something where I care about revenue as a personal project. For me, it's more about like reach or or Twitter followers or or just having something that's sticky and, and valuable. 
And so for me, I've basically come up with a playbook that I think it will sound familiar. Lots of people do this, and I think it's a pretty good playbook, which is the first things first is to actually talk about the project before you launch it. So you usually see this manifest with like a landing page where there's like a tagline for the project, maybe a logo, maybe you know a blurb about why it's useful or valuable, what it is, explaining why people should care and why this thing is valuable. And then the key thing on that landing page is to have some sort of lead gen, like a email capture or Twitter follow button, mm-hmm. just something that people can decide, yes, this sounds cool and I want to know more about it. You could also imagine that this would be the, the opportunity if you're doing something like a Kickstarter or, or a pre-order scenario where you would surface any sort of early action incentives like discounts or bundles or whatever it might be for, for supporting the thing before it actually launches. Yeah, get, get them invested somehow. Yeah. The second thing is to basically just figure out when you're going to ship. And I think that can be either a specific time, like a date or some time frame, or it could just be at a certain quality bar that you're happy with or, or at a certain volume of content. So I've done a few of each of these, like design details. We, we only shipped when we had a certain volume of content. For example, we released the podcast when we had a backlog of several episodes recorded. So that was our, our bar for deciding when we were going to ship. And then once you've decided that, then you can basically figure out, all right, well, I have this period here in the future where I think I'll be ready to ship. And between now and then, I'm going to use whatever my lead gen was, like emails or Twitter, whatever it might be, to sort of hype people up, remind people that it's coming, show early access previews. Uh, it's just the hype mechanism here. I think there's a way to do it tastefully and not spammy. So, you know, maybe an email or two or a few tweets with with screenshots kind of leading up to the thing. And then launch day, I don't know. There's probably a million ways you could go about a launch day <laughs> strategy here. For me, I just I find launch days like really stressful, and so I try and keep it simple because it's just a lot. Like if it goes well, you'll be dealing with a lot of comments and replying to DMs and tweets and stuff. So really for me, I just try and tweet it, maybe post it on product hunt. And then whatever your lead gen, if you have like an email list, just send the email and then wait, Uh, you know, maybe you text a few friends, maybe you DM a few people who you think are specifically interested in it and might be willing to share it. I think you could actually have probably a deeper strategy there. As far as the product hunt question goes, I've seen a lot of success with product hunt in the past. Like a lot of things I've worked on have done well on product hunt. But, you know, honestly, I think what you'll find is a very, very large spike and then very, very little retention. So I think Product Hunt's traffic is maybe not the highest value visitor that you should really aim for. It's kind of like a nice badge of honor if you rank, but at this point, it might not be the people that you actually care about. Or you might end up actually having a lot of people sign up for whatever it is that you're making who are horrible customers because they're just kind of drive-by customers. They're just there and they just randomly put in their email, but they don't actually care about what you're working on. Hmm. After launch day, you know, things aren't really over. Like hopefully things have gone well and maybe you're just on some crazy rocket ship of, of things working really well. But I think it's useful afterwards to share how things went. This is coming back to our sidebar, like do interesting things and then write about it. So write a retrospective, share what you learned. And if you're willing to share the results, I think maybe Marshall, you've noticed this, but really popular blog posts and, and podcasts and things like this are person launches X and makes Y amount of dollars. And they just talk about how the results went and they're transparent with how much money they made, how much, how many people visited their website. 
Yeah. And that transparency is engaging. People want to learn about that and that'll get shared on Twitter and that'll get shared on places like Hacker News and that transparency will will earn you goodwill and people will be more willing to try your thing out. So mm-hmm. I think there is there's almost like a second launch day, which is when you reflect on launch day. Mm, that's interesting. And then, you know, after that, hopefully, if you decide to keep iterating on the thing or keep building the thing, then you have a base. You have emails or you have users who have signed up or you have customers who have bought your thing. And I think the smartest people or or the most strategic people here are the people that sort of build a brand around that. Like they put a name to it either by like establishing a company or, or attaching it directly to their name. And having that brand means you can just reuse that sort of list, that group of people who support your work over and over and compound that work over time with each subsequent launch. So you see a lot of people, you know, they'll write a newsletter for years, they'll write a blog for years, and then they write a book. Okay, that's their first big launch. And then they get a lot of customers for that book. And then those customers become the first customers for their second book and then for their course and then on and on and on. And that thing compounds. So I think a mistake might be to just have each thing be standalone and and have like its own discrete list uh, instead, you could try and figure out a way if this bundles up into some brand or your name and you can get more long-term value out of it. Yeah, I find that to be really true in my personal behavior of recognizing when a small studio or individual developer is somebody that I trust. Like whenever I see anything new that they come out with, I'm like, oh, I, I automatically I'm going to try it because I, I know that there's somebody worth trusting. And something that's interesting, I think we've talked about this before, is like, the idea of making yourself seem bigger than you are, right? Of like using the pronoun we instead of I Uh when it's uh really just you, right? And I think there's actually a lot more value in being an individual nowadays than there is in having a company name necessarily associated with you unless unless you are more than one person. Like, I don't know, I, I find myself gravitating towards individual creators rather than like a company. Same, yeah. Yeah. So if it's just one of you <laughs> making this thing, I would definitely use your own name because that's your brand, right? Your, your brand is your name. And it looks like this is what Michael has done here. I went and checked out the app he's talking about. Uh, it's a it's like a Pokedex thing for, for Pokemon. So not in my alley, but uh, I can imagine this would be really useful for a lot of people. But it's listed under his name. He's the developer, just Michael Kneprath. And I think yeah. that gives you longevity in a way that like, the name of the company you might come up with now might not be a name that you want to stick with forever, or it might not encompass everything that you want to do in the future. So don't pigeonhole yourself. And a great way to not pigeonhole yourself is just use your name. It makes you more approachable, and you don't have to think about it. I, I find the the name thing to be interesting, because everything you've said is true, and I, I resonate with that too. Like Everyone I've supported on Patreon or Kickstarter, like I love supporting individuals. For some reason, that's just a compelling story to get behind. Yep. But there are certainly downsides, right? Like if you are an individual and you make a thing and someday you want to sell the thing, it's going to be very hard to sell it if it's attached to your name, not only legally and logistically, but also from a branding perspective. Like the buyer might be less willing to purchase something when that brand is so closely tied to a single person. Mm. Uh, So there certainly are trade-offs. And again, that goes back to like your goals for the thing. If you're going to build a software startup that you hope to sell one day or go public, don't put that in your name. (laughs) But uh, I guess we're talking about personal projects here. Mm -hmm. The last thing I wanted to mention here, which is perhaps more on the marketing side of things, if you're working in design and development, release notes or change logs, this is like candy 
for nerds. I feel yeah. like developers and designers just fucking love release notes. Like we mm. love what's new. Show mm. me the new thing. What what's the new toy I can play with? Yeah, give me that what's new list. New feature colon. Oh yeah, give it to yes. me. Yes. <laughs> People who do that well, who consistently ship and then talk about what they shipped, that is a very self-perpetuating cycle of hype and growth and excitement and I think the company that comes to mind that's doing this the best right now would be Linear, which is sort of like a issue tracking and collaboration piece of software. But they just yeah. do these gorgeous changelog entries and they they combine the changelog entry with tweet threads where each tweet has some sort of high quality either screenshot or a GIF or a video of the thing being used. And you just look forward to the next tweet from this thing. You're like, yes, I want to see what's new. And, you know, this is one thing that we also learned when we were building Spectrum in 2017 is people just love release notes. So if you are working on something that is going to be iterated on, invest in that sort of iteration process. This is your ongoing marketing where the marketing is less about you trying to sell and more just talking about what new value is available for people. And and Mm -hmm. that is awesome. People love getting behind that. Oh, yeah. Hopefully that was helpful, Michael. I don't know. Let us know what you thought. I know you'll tweet at us. <laughs> yeah, good question, though. All right, let's wrap up cool things. Hit me. Uh, my cool thing, so I've been driving a lot this winter, and you know, I've been using this app. I, I can't remember if I've ever recommended this. Maybe I have. Well, if I recommended this, it was a long time ago. I'll do it again. It deserves it. Uh, I've been taking more photos on road trips, and when I want to edit those photos, I go to Darkroom. Hey. Uh, Darkroom is a photo editing application. I guess you can edit videos there as well. And it's just so good. It is a very well-crafted, well-designed, usable application to edit photos. And the cool thing is, over the last year, they've released an iPad app and now a Mac app as well. So it's actually mm-hmm. even great on your Mac to edit and view all of your photos. And the tooling is great. The the bottom-oriented sort of sliders and, and customization settings, like it's all right there at your thumb. It's fun to use. I love all the hidden little things, like, you know, just long pressing on, on a photo to see the before and after really quickly. Mm. Uh, and it's independent software. Like this is made by, I think, two people. And it's just impressively crafted and, and great software. So... If I've recommended it before, I'll just recommend it again. Darkroom, I think it's free, but they they now have like a paid subscription model and I think it's worth it. I think everyone should support indie software. So go check out Darkroom. What's the name of Apple's photo editing software? Is it Lightroom? No, that's Adobe's. I think oh, okay. is it Aperture. Oh, Aperture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but there, there's another photo editing thing called Lightroom though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lightroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lightroom is Adobe's. Yeah. Anyways, Darkroom. Cool. Cool thing, Brian. My cool thing is something I picked up recently um, to, to work on my new PC that finally got delivered. And it, it's it's called the iFixit Kit. You've probably heard of it. Um, people use this to like take apart their iPhones and stuff. But, but it, basically, it's like a little toolkit that has a bunch of screwdriver bits and, and other tools like reverse tweezers and stuff that, that help you do teardowns or, or taking apart technology things, right? Uh-huh. So lots of different size, you know, it's not, it's not all just like Phillips and flatheads when it comes to technology. There's like lots of weird different... There's sprite. like the proprietary Apple screws, right? Yeah, exactly. And so this gives you bits for all of those. It has a really nice screwdriver that has an infinitely 
twisting head on the end. So you just kind of plant it against your palm and twist. And you know what I mean? Uh, it's got a lot of, like you were saying with Darkroom, it's got a lot of really cool features to it. So for example, the lid is magnetic. So it's like this little plastic box and it's got this magnetic lid that stays on top of it. It comes in a larger, the one that I got comes in a larger kind of like canvas wrap that Velcros all stays together really nicely with little pouches for all your tools. Uh, but the but the case that has all the bits in it has a magnetic top. And when you take it off, the underside of the lid has a grid built into it. So you can put screws in there and keep them separated oh that's so nice really really smart it's even got an extension like a bendy extension to the screwdriver so you can like curve it around a corner or get in between wires or whatever and and uh, still turn the screw really cool i've never seen this shit before i've always wanted it because it's like how do i get my hand in there like just like the the tool doesn't work uh there's lots of really cool add-ons and stuff in this iFixit kit that uh, i found super useful and wait what have you been fixing so I, I got my PC. I oh, yeah. The way they assembled it was not the way that I wanted to assemble it. So like the radiator for the AIO, the all-in-one CPU cooler thing, uh, was mounted on the side. I wanted it mounted on the top because that's better for where the bubbles collect. You don't want them collecting in the pump, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I, I basically moved around all the fans and like resituated some stuff inside the case, which was very, very scary, but I did it without breaking anything, which is a great accomplishment for me. So... I feel like there's a lot of circumstances where I could have used this to, to fix stuff around the house, and um, I didn't have it. So now I have it. Those reverse tweezers are amazing, too, man. Like, instead of pinching to clamp something, you, like, pinch oh. them open, and you let go, and then they hold on to them. Lots of really cool tools. Anyways, iFixit kit. I think it was, like, 65 bucks on Amazon or something like that. Highly okay. recommended if you, if you tinker around with technology stuff. Awesome. Link in the show notes. Yeah. All right. Well, happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year. That was a good uh, first episode, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. We're back uh, a little long. Looks like we're getting close to an hour. So yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let us know what you thought. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. We hope everyone is having a happy and healthy new year so far. If you are enjoying the show and want to support us this year and going forward, consider going to patreon.com slash design details and supporting us for just a dollar a month. When you do, you'll get access to a supporter-only segment of the show called The Sidebar. Sidebar. Today, we talked about having an online persona or presence and some of the trade-offs therein. So if that sounds interesting, that's at patreon.com slash design details. Otherwise, tweet at us. We love hearing from you. We're at Design Details FM on Twitter. Uh, you can DM us anytime or you can open an issue on our GitHub repo and ask us questions. And uh, we, we love seeing those. So hit us up. Otherwise, we'll catch you next week. Au revoir, Brian. Au revoir, Brian. <laughs> Should we just do this every week? Is this just going to be the, the new sign-off? You say sure. au revoir, and I'll say bonsoir, and just call it a day. <laughs> it works for me. All right. The Clipstravaganza 2021 is going to be just the same shit every time. <laughs> Basically. <laughs>